Welcome back to the Packy Run Podcast. My name is AJ Lagambina. And I it's nice am to be back. And I am Dan Skip a Week uh, from doing podcast Mayotte. So much happened last week. It uh my life just became a mess. Oh? Yeah, my um my ceiling caved in. Oh right, that did happen. I forgot about that. So that's why we skipped. You can explain that. Yeah, the the people that live in the apartment above me um like flooded their washing machine, I guess. And I woke up at 4:30 in the morning with like a waterfall pouring through the sheetrock that is my ceiling. So I moved all my stuff out of the way and l- like luckily nothing got damaged. But by the time like 9am rolled around, there was a crack that just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger until yeah, the ceiling literally just fell in. So that's a thing. Shout out to uh, shout out to my friend Amanda and my friend Andrea um, for putting up with me for a week while I wrapped my head around the fact that there was a giant hole in my ceiling. Oh, I mean, at least nothing got damaged. Yeah, that was that was super helpful. It's nice to not really have to deal with the insurance companies all that much. But um, but yeah, let me tell you, there's something there's something really really off putting about standing in the corner of your room and watching the ceiling literally fall down onto the floor. I so mean, thank- I took her. <laughs> thank god you didn't have like a bass or like a guitar or records i had i had a guitar that was like in the vicinity that i moved away and then i like pushed all of the stuff in my room to different corners while i had like towels and pots and pans and stuff to try and catch the water and then yeah eventually the ceiling just came down what was the neighbor's explanation like were they like sorry man sorry bro i I, (laughs) pretty much I haven't I haven't really talked to them but uh yeah my landlord my landlord and I had had more discussions in the past week than I think we did in the first year and a half almost 2 years of me living at this house so that was that was very eventful and um cuz usually like the relationship between like a landlord is like the only words you speak of is like here's the rent check and like that's it like that's like the best case scenario for like a landlord like to have pretty much um and like no issues with the the apartment itself exactly so uh yeah that was that was last week for me and um the worst part was that i so i like called the landlord they sent some people to clean it out and to get like a dehumidifier in there and we put together a game plan to get the ceiling fixed and at that point i had already called out of work but i was just sitting around my house a couple of hours later i was like i don't want to be here i might as well just like drive in see what's going on like try and do something productive with my day yeah, and make some money. after exactly and after an hour of being at work one of my managers came over to me and they were like so one of your coworkers has called out for the past few days they're running a fever today and we're not sure if they're going to be able to uh we're not sure if they're going to get like diagnosed with COVID or something. So we're going to have to send you home until she can get a negative test. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, literally that entire day was a mess. That's, and uh, The funny part was that my coworker and I had talked. So she was having like really, really bad allergies. And she was right. saying like, oh, this happens every time. Like I start sniffling, I get the post-nasal drip, and then I end up with a sinus infection. Right. So she had talked about it like two days ago when she had started feeling under the weather. And yeah, that happened. So 
Right. It was like one of those expected things. Yeah. So that was uh that was this past week for me. And that's a big reason why the podcast didn't happen. But we're back, baby. Yes, we're back and you know, we're we're hanging out. We're we're doing our thing. True. I got my first dose of the uh I believe it was the Moderna vaccine today. Moderna crew. So that's a uh that's a thing that's happening. I'm now being tracked by the government besides just being tracked by my phone and I can already feel the third arm that is growing out of my shoulder blades. Like here's the thing with all those people that are afraid the government is already tracking them. You have a social security number. You were born with and- a social security number. And a smartphone. Right. You're posting about you're posting about being tracked by the government on a smartphone that's probably being tracked by at least at least one government. I mean, I don't think the government cares enough to track what I'm doing. Yeah, I, I severely doubt it. But speaking of the third arm thing, I just got like a weird fever dream from my childhood. What's the name of the Pokemon that has the arms coming out of his shoulders? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Oh, I forget. Somebody oh. will have to hit us on Twitter or it'll hit us like right in the middle of the episode or something. I'm only remembering right now. The only weird one I'm remembering is like the egg one. <laughs> the egg one? Yeah. The oh, egg is that the one that isn't there? One, yeah. Isn't there one that's literally just eggs? Yeah, it's just eggs. Oh, my God. And then there's like a recent one that they made pretty recently that was like um it's literally a snow cone or like <laughs> an ice cream cone <laughs> there's, there's a snow cone pokemon i'm gonna look this up right now you have so, to this is this is what the listeners have been missing out on there is a snow cone pokemon oh my god yeah he's got like a little candy cane coming out of his noggin <laughs> Or is that a straw? It's all know. for the memes. It's called Vanillish. Oh God! How? They're Why? really they're really running out of ideas. I mean, I haven't. I don't know anything about new Pokemon lately. I well, I was about to say that I remember the original 150, but clearly I don't. Yeah, because I can't remember who the dude with the arms is. But that's besides the point. Um, did you have anything interesting happening to you this week? Um, let me see. I recently just opened an Etsy store to sell my coffee. A little easier to deal with and manage than have people email me and DM me their orders. So yeah, it's the the name of the store is Brewed England. And right now we're offering two different kinds of coffee. We have a dark roast uh, Vietnamese coffee and we have a medium roast Colombian blend or Colombian roast. Um, I love it. So we got both of those. Um, Links are in my Instagram and I'm sure we'll have show notes and those will be in there as well. Man, what an enterprising young man you are, Dan Mayotte. True. Um, Also, I've made $200 from Dogecoin. From Dogecoin, <laughs> yes, I, I I bought I bought $20 in Dogecoin back in early February, and honestly, I, I bought it because I was like, oh, you know what? If I lose $20, like whatever, whatever. But now it's 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 funny when I, I I'm like, it turns into a smart investment. <laughs> That's so you've you've multiplied your twenty dollars ten times over on a meme. A currency. dead meme. A dead meme. It was a it was a dead meme when the when the coin launched. Yes. 
That's ridiculous. Yes. Um, fun fact. So right now we're recording this on April 19th. Tomorrow is 420. And I think most of our listeners know what 420 is. But for those who don't know, it is the holiday for stoners. For yeah, buddy. marijuana smokers and what Dogecoin who, wants to- Those who love the devil's lettuce. So what Dogecoin wants to do is right now it's sitting at like approximately like 41 cents per coin. They want to get it up to 69 cents by tomorrow. Oh my God. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because it's the most memeiest coin to ever meme. The internet is so dumb. I love it so much. <laughs> like, there are many instances where I'm just like, oh my God, I hate the internet. Can't stand it. But in this particular moment. So I'm now on Dogecoin.com. Yes. <laughs> and it says Dogecoin is an open source peer to peer digital currency favored by Shiba Inus worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> This is the world. This is the world we live in. <laughs> this is insane. I love it. Well, congratulations I, I, on your additional money. <laughs> I was just. I was not expecting that. This is what a time to be alive. Anyway, we've uh we've gone off the rails enough here. I think it might be. I think it might be time to talk some uh talk some drinks. Yes. What are you drinking this evening? Today is a very special day because we've got returning champion to the podcast, Samuel Adams Summer Ale. I got a six-pack when I was grocery shopping today. It's very exciting. It's one of my favorite Sam Adams offerings. True. It's light. It's refreshing. It's citrusy. It's a good time. It's a good, uh, good, uh, you know, just sit back on your porch and hang out. That's literally what I did for most of the day when I got home from Target and my vaccination appointment. Sat on my porch, soaked up some sun, and enjoyed not having to work for the first time in like six days. Was this like the first, um, when did the Tennessee open up their vaccines? Uh, there were available appointments for the past like week or two, but I know that today they today they changed it so that anybody 16 and up can get it there was like no limitations um which i think is true across most of the country now so go get that uh go get poked with a needle if you can because yeah, i'd like to go sure. see live music eventually for sure today we're drinking the fine sparkling lime water trader joe's brand trader joe's brand you know are you cheating I on just, polar um Polar's not my favorite. I mean, I thought you were a polar guy. I'm I'm a whatever seltzer is a in the room guy. Mm, I respect that. Like game recognized game. <laughs> I have a couple that are like my favorites though. Like Spindrift is good, but like it's it's good because it doesn't taste like it tastes like soda. It doesn't taste like actual seltzer. Yeah, there's one I think it's I think it's one of the Aldi brands that they have like a I think it's like strawberry lime or something. Yeah. And it's still like, it's a seltzer. It's sugar-free. It's, you know, it's seltzer water, but it's ridiculously flavorful. That's good. And I'm here for it. Stay hydrated, guys. Stay hydrated, girls. my friends. Yes. Um, my my pals. Friendos. Friendaroonies. Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, we missed some news last week so let's talk about that um big one starting it off is julian edelman he has retired and now. i gotta say this is this is probably t- 
it was go- it was expected. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think I think when he when he failed to come back last season, I think that was kind of the final nail in the coffin. But they were also they kept it so hush hush that I think there was for a little bit there was that possibility that maybe this was gonna maybe he was gonna kind of turn a corner and be able to still play. But yeah, right. That is a uh, that is it's sad. He's like he's kind of the last big like star from you know i was gonna say just the last big star from the patriots from the past like 20 years but really i mean who else who else does do we have in like the whole of boston sports right i mean that that is true patrice bergeron maybe but he's not like a household name outside of boston i would say maybe brad marshawn yeah but like the thing about Marshawn is you only like him if he's on your team. You hate him. Out- <laughs> Everyone hates him outside of Boston. Yeah, that is true. So he's gonna be uh he's gonna be super missed. I mean, three three Super Bowl rings, one Super Bowl MVP. He has the second most offensive receptions. Yeah behind only Barry Rice which is crazy or like the guy, like everybody's been saying the same thing on all of the different sports shows but it yeah. it it doesn't stop being impressive that this guy went to Kent State he was a quarterback didn't get invited to the combine and then went on to become arguably our most productive wide receiver for the past like 10 years I mean I wouldn't say 10 years because I think Welker being in front of him, he never really got a chance to shine as much as he did or as much as he could have. But once Welker left, like Edelman was the guy. Mm. I didn't realize... I didn't realize that he had played the defensive side of the ball a couple of times too until people were showing highlights and stuff. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, he started off with being a punt returner. That was his main duty. That's why he got on the the team in the first place. Yeah. Um, there's actually a really great clip. Um, so NFL Network has a really good series called uh, Football Life. And... I think it was like 2010, 2011. Um, they did a football life of Bill Belichick and they just followed him around. And there's like a two-part series. It's up on YouTube if you want to watch it. It's really great. But this was Julian Edelman's rookie season. And I think during one of the preseason games, uh, Julian Edelman takes a punt back and like for a touchdown. And Bill Belichick turns to Les Falker and is like, Oh, uh, looks like you're being Wally Pipped. And he's like, Wally Pipped, who's that? And the famous story of Wally Pipp is Wally Pipp was eventually replaced by Lou Gehrig, the great Yankee first baseman, um, who went on to start for like almost 3,000 games. Like crazy, crazy. And you all know like Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, yeah. That's where it came from. Um, and like Will, Wally Pipp got injured and was eventually replaced by Lou Gehrig. And Les Welker was like, oh, yeah, he could keep it. And Bill Belichick was like, oh, way to be a competitor right there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Way it's to one compete. of the funniest. Way to compete. Way to, way to compete, Wes. <laughs> yeah. One of the oh, funniest. One of the funniest parts of that series. He was. Uh, yeah, he's he's going to be missed. And I'm going to be big, big mad. Everybody's been making jokes, especially some of my friends down here. But people have been making jokes about him retiring the same way Gronk did and coming out of retirement if he feels better in six months to play for Tampa Bay. And I will not be a happy camper. I mean, it's a classy move that the Patriots um, like cut him. And then Wes, like not Wes, um, Julian was just like, hey, I'm hanging it up. Thank you for everything. Well, and the, the, the cool thing about 
the way that he was cut too was um, they cited a failed physical, which is likely because of all the issues that he was having with the knee, but also because of that failed physical, he qualifies for an additional, like, he gets like an additional $2 million yeah. for I mean, retiring. Because, probably, because like whatever his, whatever was guaranteed in his contract, he probably got. I don't know. I didn't know that as a high school senior, he led his high school football team to a 13-0 and record. That's not Julian bad. Edelman. Julian Edelman was a winner and one of the best underdog stories in, in all of football. Just what a what a ridiculous competitor. <laughs> yeah, they called him the squirrel. Indeed. Um, and Iron Man. One of my one of my favorite things to come out after um, Edelman's retirement. Um, Pat McAfee was telling a story about how Julian Edelman was the the returner that scared him the most when he had to like punt to anyone and he was telling the story about how usually when he's warming up for a game he'll like talk like both him and like the other returner from the other team will talk before the game and just kind of like just shoot the shit or whatever Julian did not want to talk he would not say anything to Pat before the game just quiet yeah that'll 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 scare you he also thinks he's a a a hall of famer yeah, he said there's... he he said he doesn't believe Edelman will be a first ballot, but he thinks eventually over the years he might get in. Yeah, there's been I mean, there's been a lot of debate about that in the national media about it. Um I don't really know how to think about it because I think he, like both of us are going to be kind of biased, I think, due to just our fandom when it comes to the Patriots. But um okay. He's I mean, he was, he was just like, he was an integral part of so many massive moments that it's hard to, it's hard to say like, no, he's not really a hall of famer, but you know, when you compare, when you compare some of his stats to, I can't even think of any names right off the top of my head, but like I said, this has been a conversation that's been going on for the past week, week and a half, you know, right. You compare his stats to some other people and you go, well, if this guy can get in, why can't this guy get let in? And then it starts being more of a conversation about, you know, it's less about stats and more about, you know, emotions and moments and things like that. And, you know, our emotions and moments, the things that get you into Canton. Mm, right. I don't know. I mean, I think an important thing to think about when it talks, when it comes to Hall of Fame is, can you talk about this era of the NFL without this? one player and could you do that with Uh, edelman that's an that's an interesting that's an interesting lens to put it through because because like if we're looking statistically at case in point eli manning eli manning i think personally shouldn't be a hall of famer statistically but based on how his legacy is and the team both his super bowl wing wins like and how they're valued Beating two of the best Patriots teams, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, you can't talk about the NFL without Eli Manning. He's, like, right on that cusp. Yeah, and you can't, I mean, you certainly can't talk about the past three Patriots Super Bowls without talking about Julian Edelman, but the NFL as a whole, he was kind of hot and cold, but I do think some of his, I think, I think if he gets in, it's probably going to be on the back of a lot of his highlights because I think that there's a, I think that there's a significant portion of the NFL fandom and also the people that are, you know, the actual gatekeepers for the Hall of Fame that could easily just point to the catch or point to an MVP vote 
for Super Bowl 53 and go, this was, you know, arguably one of the most productive players on the greatest dynasty that the NFL is probably ever going to see. Right. So that argument goes both ways. I'm on the fence with Edelman being in the Hall of Fame because I, I think statistically, no. I think he is one of the key pieces of that Patriots dynasty, but I think there are lots of other players that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame beforehand. I think first ballot Patriots Hall of Fame, absolutely. No mm-hmm. doubt in my mind. Like they should they should put up a statue. His his stats are comparable to Troy Brown, a wide receiver earlier in on the Patriots dynasty, who did everything, including um, when he played cornerback for a couple games and he, he got a couple interceptions there, um, like especially in 2004, three interceptions, um, that's incredible as like a cornerback. Yeah. He's, um, he's also, also- Edelman, oh, Edelman's ahead. the only one with a perfect pastor rating, uh, rating in the ever. <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, when you throw into Anyways. a... When you're when you're throwing to Danny playoff Amendola against the Ravens, that was oh man, yeah, this guy this guy's highlights are just absolutely insane, and he will be voted unanimously into the facial hair Hall of Fame. Absolutely, because that beard is unfucking real. But if I had to make a bet on it, Edelman's not a Hall of Famer, and I, in my heart of hearts, I can't say that he's a Hall of Famer, a surefire Hall of Famer. I think all another part of the Hall of Fame discussion is if you have to debate whether they're a Hall of Famer or not, maybe they're not a Hall of Famer. Like there are some people who are who've been on the ballot for four or five years now, and you're like, these guys are Hall of Famers. It's just you got to put Peyton Manning in first. You got to put certain players in first obviously yeah i have i have a feeling that he might that he'll end up squeaking in i feel like there's i feel like there's a lot of people across the nfl that have been like a surprising number of people across the nfl that have been you know really kind in the way that they've reacted to his uh reacted to his retirement and i think that that kind of goes i think that's probably going to go a long way at some point but yeah maybe not a first ballot i just i don't know i'd say 15 or like i know for the baseball hall of fame they do like the veterans pick like they have a veterans uh council or whatever where they put in like older players i think it might be one of those cases yeah like several years down the line like 30 years (laughs) yeah I'd, i'd agree it's uh yeah it's it's just gonna be really weird watching the Patriots this year because it's gonna be I mean it was weird enough having Cam under center this past season and with all the changes and everything else but this season is going to it's not just gonna look different I think it's gonna feel very different it's yeah I mean we're back to 2011 when we had like two good tight ends yeah two good tight ends just, just like a bunch of running back by committee uh like sony michelle damian harris back there yeah um <laughs> with some which everyone knows my opinions on damian harris yeah i want dame to cook just let him cook yes and then i mean jacoby myers and and what else do we got? We got uh, Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, we'll see I, how it goes. Yeah, I think we also got the draft in 10 days, too. Oh, man. Still don't know what... Still have no clue what the draft is going to look like. P. 
People are still saying they're going to trade up. I I don't buy it. I'm doubtful. Yeah. Honestly, looking at the needs of other teams as of right now, like for example, the Panthers trading for Sam Darnold, they're not going to trade. They're not going to draft another quarterback. The yeah. only one I'm worried about are like the Broncos. The Broncos might pick up a quarterback because they might just give up on Drew Luck entirely, but who knows? Yeah, it's it's another thing where it just could it, the the draft could go so many different ways for us, and I just don't know who who are we to who are we to say what's going on in Bill Belichick's head. If I had to guess, it would be a defensive player, or it would. That's my guess. I think it's going to be someone that everyone's going to be like, pick a quarterback, pick a quarterback. No, another defensive player. Yeah, going to pick someone who's to, who can get after the quarterback, which yep. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean that's going to be especially because even if we drafted a quarterback you would think that we would be depending on them to kind of stand behind cam for a bit and get some time to learn the system and everything right so the way to really win games this year is gonna be if that's true then the way to win games this year is going to be to really just contain other teams and hope that we can hit our stride offensively right similar just, to i think it's i think i think we have all the pieces defensively to do that again this year so i think this is going to be very similar to the um 2019 patriots for the first half of the season where i think we're going to get some decent wins but i think that most of that is going to be on the backs of our defense which is just i mean the boogeymen are back man <laughs> right yeah <laughs> so yeah um Rest in pepperoni, Julian Edelman. Yeah, he your didn't legacy, die. Your legacy will live on. Retired. Enjoy retirement, Edelman. And stay the fuck out of Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, although if he joins, I I really don't care. I think he. I think Julian Edelman is not going to come back. I think. I think all the all the rumors and reports were saying that his knee is like bone on bone and he's got a four-year-old daughter like i don't think he's gonna want to put himself in a position where he can't walk right i'd like to see him in like the broadcast booth like as a player like analysis or something like that i'd like i i think i think he's gonna end up doing something a little bit more specialized than that maybe i mean i've never heard him do anything broadcast wise so who knows maybe he's like a tony romo um not tony romo from this past season who was starting to get on my nerves but like the two years before that where mm. it was like he was just he was just showing you what was going to happen before it happened, like drawing right. over the screen and stuff. I mean, I, I like I like Edelman how he articulates himself, and I I think he could just bring a new do new dimension up to the game and just show fans like, all right, this is what this wide receiver is running, like this is why they're running it. And I just I would I would be interested to see him in the booth if he did something if he did something like that. I would be okay with it. I would love to see NFL Network bring him on and do something like a little bit more on brand for him like something silly where he like gets out onto the field and does like like on the street kind of questions with people or something like I feel like he would be just based on some of the stuff that he's put up on his YouTube like I think if he went for the more comedy route he could really breathe some new life into the uh the NFL YouTube channel I think that would be fun I would I would watch that yeah I'd watch that every week (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so goodbye to one of the patriots greats we will be watching your career with great interest young jewels yes squirrel squirrely squirrely man edomania <laughs> iron man he had a bunch of other ones too bubs yeah i adopted bubs. i adopted that from him calling people bubs hey bubs hey bubs <laughs> but i call dogs a lot too oh what's going on bubs that's a that's a good name 
Baba. Ah, I love it. <laughs> All right, enough waxing poetic about this beautiful human specimen in front of us. It is, uh, well, is there any other Patriots news? Anything else that we needed to cover? No, that's about it. Look forward to Dan and I reacting to draft scenarios for the next two weeks, I guess. Next next 10 days. I think we'll, next week we'll, we'll do one about like what our goals are like what what's our dream scenario for this upcoming draft and then watch as bill shatters it all again (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyways moving on we're gonna we're gonna go back to one of the things that we used to do a lot and we're gonna talk about some albums or an album yeah it's uh Yesterday or two days ago was the one-year anniversary of the Packy Run podcast, and I figured in honor of that, we would do the two things that we do best, which is talk about the Patriots and talk about albums that we were listening to a bunch while we were living together in college. So I floated the idea of doing the album Separation by the band Balance and Composure, which was... One of my absolute favorite albums uh, for the back half of high school and going into college, and yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's a doozy of a record. The first full length from the band, and yes. it still it still holds up pretty well. My only critique of it, um, my first critique of it is it's a very pop heavy album. Um, yeah, that is meaning meaning that like a lot of the good songs come up first, and like the the second half of it is kind of meh. Yeah, it doesn't, it kind of, it does kind of lose momentum as it goes. Um, But there are a couple of, there's a couple of gems on, you know, at the end of it. And, you know, the songs that hit from this album still hit really hard, despite the fact that I will say that production wise, it's um, definitely the most dated sounding. Um, It's going for something a little bit more polished, but it never quite gets there. So production wise, it's not, it's not as, um, it's just not it's not as great as the two albums that come after it and the things that came out before it have that kind of um early band kind of grunginess to it that really helps yeah. kind of sell what they're doing i mean it's we can just get right into it with the first song being void yep and that uh i mean right off the bat again the production the production kind of hampers this um going forward but that first that first guitar line that starts it which is just very simple like slightly distorted guitar with a lot of reverb and it really kind of builds this um builds kind of like a, a a space for the album um like you know what you're getting into pretty much immediately i love that feeling and i i like the way that john john simon is that how, is that john, his name john simmons john simmons um i like how john simmons opens it up with like the way that like his melody goes it's kind of like l- like long and drawn out but it's not kind of just pulls you in yeah and you, you get a good idea of um we've talked on we've talked when we've done previous albums about um setting the tone with your first track and i think this this song does a really good job of showing that like this band can there are motorcycles going up my street um tell them to stop or tell them to get a muffler because nobody cares (laughs) about how loud their bike can be um okay boomer (laughs) okay boomer um karen (laughs) yell outside and tell them to get off my lawn um it, sh- it, it this song gives you a really good idea of like what this band is capable of and it kind of puts 
all of the different sounds that you're going to hear on the album all into one track. You get that like spacey, ethereal guitar part. You kind of get a good idea right off the bat of where John's range is. Um, And then it kind of builds up to where all three guitarists are playing, plus the bass and the drums um, to close out the song. It's one of my favorite one of my favorite moments on this record yeah just that that build up it hits so well it like i was listening to it in my headphones today and it just sounded so full um what i mean by that is like it just you could hear every single part of it and it's not interfering everything has like a certain they're all working in unison it sounds awesome yeah and it really kind of does a good job of you know especially when you're listening in headphones it's a big thing for me i love songs that sound like they're taking up your entire head when you're listening in headphones that's that is my shit and this song does a really good job of doing that on the back half so you get that perfect kind of introduction into what this band is about uh that leads into the title track separation yes it's a uh it's actually this is I think one of the weaker points on the album, actually. Um, it's not my favorite song that they've done. But again, there's like, I get I get why it's kind of dumb to say this about a studio album, but the band sounds really tight. Um, yeah. There are parts on this album where it feels like the drums aren't like perfectly synced up to a click, where it feels like they kind of play with that timing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those songs where that happens, but the rest of the band is so locked in with everybody that you get this really, you get this great sense of like, oh, this band, this band can do this live and do it really well. Which I mean, I think we go, when we go further into this record, um, there were a couple interviews with John that he said, no, I can't do these songs anymore because it just hurts my voice. Yeah. Um, and you hear it in some parts of the song with like the aggressive singing and the aggressive vocals in it, um, almost like yelling and shouting. Exactly. They, they definitely, um, I mean, where so many of the other bands that were coming up with Balance and Composure, like Super Heaven and Basement and stuff, they really kind of laid into the, uh, the 90s, you know, Nirvana, Seattle grunge sound kind of deal. Yeah. Um, these guys started from a place that was a little bit more punk rock in that way, like a little bit more willing to go for the, you know, screaming and shouting. Which is weird because like John also has said in multiple interviews that like he's a huge rap fan. Like the first music he was ever gotten into was like hip hop and rap. And you can you can hear that um especially on later albums and stuff that John has worked on outside of the band. Um, but I know that that was, it was um, controversy is not the right word, but it was a thing when this band put out their last album called Light We Made. There were a lot of like, there were a lot of synchronized and programmed beats and a lot of auto-tune that was being used as like that real robotic kind of effect. And a lot of people were kind of turned off from it. And it was like, man, if you listen, even if you just listen to the rhythm section of this band for their entire career, like a lot of this stuff is hip-hop songs but with big rock choruses i think if what is it the light we made that was the last album they came out with yeah i think if that album came out today in 2021 instead of what was it 2017 i think so um you know as four years difference in music sounds crazy but like i think it probably would have gone over better if it came out like in a year like today like this year i agree i definitely agree um, but we but but we got is... on a little bit of a tangent with going 
through the history of the band, let's talk about separation. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a breakup song. It's I like how it's not it's not a post breakup song. It's like the beginning or right during the breakup. Right. Um. Yeah. Lyrically, it's like it's it's that it's that point in the relationship where you realize that like it's just not going to go forward from where you are. Yeah. Um. I think it's a good follow-up song um you know we had that big epic song to start off with and this is like a good song to kind of break it up um it's a different feel it's not yeah it picks up the tempo a little bit right it's not like a for example in their general area title fight where in their first the things we things we think we're missing that <laughs> no um the last thing you forget last thing you that you forget sorry there's a lot of forgets <laughs> there's a lot, and of, a lot tease. of yes um like every song is kind of monotonous and sounds the same and kind of goes through the motions this one it's like a different change of pace than that one yeah and it's this is also i mean one of the things that this band does really well is the ends of their songs they have a tendency to kind of build up to like these big crescendos at the end of the song and this does the same thing where again you get that like there's there's two guitarists and a bassist and the vocalist is playing a guitar and the drums so yeah you get this like you get this massive sound coming out of them and they do a really good job of building that up at the end of songs so by the time you get to that last line you're you know everybody's just laying into their instruments when he sings my mind and heart work in different ways separate and that's the end of the song but like you've the entire song is built up to that point which is really cool right coming up next we got wake this was uh this was one of the two big ones off this album and i think rightfully so because it still holds up so well yeah for sure um, when I think of this era of this band, I think of this song for sure. Yep, that that music video with all the like blurriness and everything going on and stuff. They, uh, you know, visually, this was the height of like Tumblr culture too. So you were seeing a bunch of the uh, you were seeing a bunch of you know lyric edits over pictures of forests and stuff. And yeah, I mean, saturated pictures. <laughs> yeah, it all this. This was the sound that went along with that. Um, but again, like the the build up parts in this are kind of what make the song when you get the way that it builds up to the choruses. But it's always it's always kind of the percussion really leads this one. It's all about the drums, I yeah, think. It definitely is. And you get that you get John doing more of his kind of like Kurt Cobain screamy sing kind of deal. Um, yeah, it's you know if you had to if you had to pick one song to show somebody that had never listened to balance and composure this would this would be up there for songs that i would think of yeah i mean it was also back in college when we were roommates in our freshman year we used to listen and to they a were podcast roommates called, used to listen to a podcast called off the record and that was the beginning like the the opening riff the yep like that was the opening to that song or like the the podcast episode every single week exactly man back in the uh it's funny how many different like eras of podcasts i've gone through but i feel like that's been true for a lot of people that have been listening to podcasts for a while like it keeps my taste in podcasts keeps developing true that's besides the point 
Yeah, Quake is, I mean, uh, it's it's always harder to talk about the really good songs because there's only so many ways to be like, hey man, this song slaps. <laughs> yeah, it does slap. Um, and it's one of the quintessential Tumblr anthems from that like era. Yeah, and it hits that, it hits that thing that like every alternative band have, has ever had where they write the song about how like they started getting, you know, they got signed and they started playing bigger shows and everything else. And then they write a song about how that's, you know, they got more than they bargained for because of that so that's like the entire chorus for the song is you know take a look at what's beneath your feet flowers that once made you smile have turned to stone and they're grinding down your teeth i think john said in an interview once that he wrote the song about like being you know the band started to take off and then he would start like going to shows and realizing that like all the kids that were trying to pry into like his personal life and were you know trying to you know take up his time and everything else was starting to get kind of exhausting right I mean, like, being a rock star is tough, or being in a... I mean, even, like, you look at Balance Composure back then, they were they were just starting... They were at the starting point of maybe doing some headlining tours. Yeah, exactly. Like a tiny band, um, if we're th- really thinking about it. Um, now, if they were to come back, they could easily headline a bunch of shows um, and a bunch of decently sized rooms for that. Yeah, I mean, they would if they, they would draw. If they do the if they if they do the comeback after a few years kind of deal, I think they would. I, I think they would kill it. I don't think they would be you know huge by any means. They're not selling out amphitheaters, but I mean, they could hit the bigger rooms that they used to hit on like opening slots and stuff like that, and still draw really well. Yeah, for sure. That, that'll be interesting to see because i think we're i think we're a couple of years away from it but i think a lot of those like tumblr bands are pretty soon gonna start doing that exact kind of thing i wouldn't be surprised but if my money's on it now i wouldn't put balance on that list just based off of what you just said about john um, yeah and just like the pressures of like one of my friends were i remember one time like um this is like back in college like modern baseball dropped off of like a tour and they're like oh boo-hoo you're sniffling rock stars blah 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 blah. and i'm like no it's you have you have to drive all night lug all your shit out of the van you have maybe two hours to yourself and then sound check sitting around waiting around doing nothing all night until you're like you're set you're get done at 11 30 and then you have to drive all night at starting at 1 a.m that's tough yeah and doing that when it's especially for a month straight too and a band that's like at the level that this band was in 2011 when this album came out like there's no way for you to really hold a job you know it's a crapshoot whether or not you're going to make enough money to pay rent in the first place you know there's you know this level of this level of band it's a tough life yeah it's no joke and i mean it's a lot of those bands are struggling and i think i mean a lot of them now at this point finally they like they're now getting it together several years later in their 30s but their 20s were gone with trying to build up like a band doing all this which i mean i'm sure none of them regret i wouldn't imagine that they do i i wouldn't imagine them regretting touring and seeing the world while playing shows in front of like tons of kids yeah especially bands that managed to make it even just to this level that this band was at like this was around the time that they were able to go tour in australia they did europe for the first time you know those international tours and stuff like that's 
I mean, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody would give up the opportunity to do that. But man, no, for sure. W- when a lot of these guys were going to college and stuff, so now you know ourselves being on the other side of like student debt and everything else, I can't imagine you know going off on tour for a month or two months, not getting you, you, these guys weren't making great money every no. night, and then coming home and being like, okay, cool, so I'm still thirty grand in debt and I'm behind on my rent and I haven't seen any of my friends in months besides you know the four people that I tour with and that'll that'll I'm take sick its of toll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would definitely take its toll. But anyway, we'll move uh we'll move right along into the next song called Stone Hands, which um I think there's a there's like a story behind it. I there's believe, a very well-known story about it, about uh about it. Uh I believe you can find that story on the Run for Cover Records YouTube. Uh they had a series called Small Talk with a bunch of these bands at this time. Um it had something to do with some sort of I think it was a bar fight or something like that and uh john got involved to defend somebody or something and dropped a guy so people started calling him stone hands <laughs> so kind of funny um this is i wouldn't call it a ballot i wouldn't call it a ballot but it is it's almost an interlude songs. right with singing yeah especially with how it's 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 kind of like a it's kind of a short poem um just drawn out four minutes to let the band kind of breathe and do yeah ballad isn't the right word but it's ballad ish right i mean it is kind of i would i think interlude is probably the better word for it i mean i have only seen balance and composure once yeah but i haven't i haven't seen them from this era I so i would be i didn't I'd get be to interested see them around this time i would be interested to see if they went from stone hands into i tore you apart in my head if there's any video floating around i'd love to see that yeah i bet there's i bet maybe hate five six or somebody managed to grab something I yeah bet there's, that I would bet be the person videos. to get it um but anyway yeah stone hands is stone hands is i think a lot of people would count it as more of a weak spot on the album i still really like it this is one of the, this is one of those albums that i find myself you know if if i get the hankering to listen to one song from this album i'm gonna go all the way right. through um and i'm not i don't skip it so it's better than some stuff yeah for sure i mean um it, i i i would disagree i'd say it's one of the more highlights on the album um just based off of the amount of damn saturated pictures you saw on tumblr with yeah. some sort of lyrics about this that's so, true it had to mean something yeah maybe not to me or you but to the tumblr pop yeah to the pump tumblr population yes which your boy was definitely a part of that i i remember fondly being on tumblr oh man the tumblr the tumblers were you ever on tumblr i was on tumblr on and off it was never i never really got it in the way that i like heard for years and years and years um basically right up until the start of the trump era um i was obsessed with twitter (laughs) yeah twitter was twitter was way more my thing until that just got exhausting tumblr was always it, I never, I never really quite got into it. But there were, I remember a few of them. The Self Defense Family Tumblr was my favorite because it was just the guys in the band. They, they almost exclusively just posted the members' podcasts and answered questions from the little question box. I like the world is mm, Tumblr. That was, mm, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. They would. It was just every Good answer, call. every question was just a meme. Good call. They were they, they might were have, hilarious. They might have been peak Tumblr. 
Um, Speaking of peak Tumblr, um, I would argue that this was the peak song for this band. Uh, and I it might apart s- in my head. Yeah, I might. It might still be um, because even though this is like the perfect example of songs that John definitely shouldn't have been singing live during their last tour, uh, they brought it out as the closer for each of their sets because it was people just demanded it i remember the one and only time i saw bounce composure i was surprised at the amount of moshing and circle pits going on i wouldn't expect Mm -hmm. that out of this band well especially when you and when you and i were really seeing this band this was well after they had kind of gotten out of their true like punk phase so they were playing a lot more kind of spacey music and people were still moshing to them which was really weird it's kind of like even to this day if you go to see turnover there are people that are like jumping around and starting circle pits and stuff and it's like this band is playing like the most relaxed chilled out like dream pop music (laughs) what is happening (laughs) i can't imagine that i remember basement like some mosh pits at that one they're right on the line yeah they're on the line i mean whatever you want to do if that's how you enjoy a show go for it i i personally like to just bob my head and and sing along yeah for sure uh gotta miss live music (laughs) so do i so bad uh but i do i i do condone uh moshing to this song in particular uh i tore you apart in my head this was the first song that i ever heard from this band and i don't remember how i came across it but i remember being super intrigued by the album art uh i still am i have two sweatshirts that have uh pictures from this album cycle i still really love the way it looks and you know what despite the fact that this song does have kind of a fair amount of angry white boy energy still really love it but i don't think it's cringy though i think i think the only i think the only part that's cringy is just that um i i think it's still that like that last verse where it's a little bit too it it almost reads like you hurt me so i'm gonna hurt myself we're the, sick from all you said thank no, god I'm just leaving. before that the hate in oh. these veins all again the the i mean obviously like all that it's a great in all it leads is sin fuck what you told me it all leads to smoking alone in my room in the end that's okay like, that that's a that's a little okay that's yeah Ooh. However, however cringy that might, however cringy that line might be in retrospect, credit where credit is due, so much fucking fun to scream that line along with a room full of people while the band kind of like ramps up into that last kind of push musically. Yeah. Like, yeah, this song is, this song is probably the highest energy that you get from this band. Did they play this when we saw them? When you and I saw them, was that at, that was at Heirloom Arts Theater, right? That was in Danbury, Connecticut? Is either, oh wait, I've seen them twice then. Because I saw them at, no, I don't, I don't, did I go to that show with you? I know that I saw them at Quinnipiac. They did not play this when they played at Quinnipiac, no. Okay. That was, they played Quinnipiac as like a one-off. Right. A little bit before they started the rollout for Light We Made. So that was still mostly the things we think were missing songs. Right. Okay. And uh, yeah, I I saw I saw this band like eight or nine times over the course of like only three years. Yeah, I've only seen them twice, but both times I was. Oh wait, I believe it was only once. Unless the, like I only went to the Heirloom Art Theater for Joyce Manor, right? To, for Joyce Manor, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I always forget about them. They're always they're they're a band. 
I saw them I saw them in Providence. I saw them in Boston. I saw them multiple times in Connecticut. Oh, balance? Yeah. I saw them a ton. But anyway, my show history aside, um Galena, the next song. Yes. Um, I know a lot of people I know people don't really love this song. I still think of it really right. fondly because it's again, I usually listen to this album like sequentially front to back and it feels like a little bit of a continuation of I Tore You Apart in My Head, the way that the guitars like fade into each other between the songs. Right. Which I love that effect. That's one of my I know it's probably like one of the simplest effects like a an audio engineer could probably do, or maybe Call, it isn't. For the kids at home, it's called a crossfade. Okay, is a cross as as I don't know anything about this. Is a crossfade easy or hard? Um, it it depends. Um, okay. Most on albums like this, you kind of have to you kind of have to have that idea in place in order to do it. So you have to like you have to record the guitars. You have to make sure that the two songs are going to be in similar keys or something. So um, to do it to do it well, there has to be some planning in place. But right. technically, you can do it with technically you can do it with anything. Okay, and uh, like I'm assuming like you have to have like the guitars and like the same like tuning. Yeah, that'd probably make it a little bit easier. So like it's I technically crossfade every time the music fades out at the beginning of the podcast and we start talking. Like it can be as simple as that but to do it musically so that the tracks actually sync up and it doesn't like it sounds like one song you gotta right. have you gotta have that planned out from the beginning that's your audio engineering fact by aj that's my uh that's my college degree hard at work kids <laughs> <laughs> there it is um is that all you learned that and how to make a podcast <laughs> <laughs> No, I kid. I've actually, uh, I've actually been, I've been getting back into that space um, a lot over the course of the past couple of weeks. So, keep an eye out for those discussions as we continue to uh, try to churn this out weekly. Yes. But anyway, yeah, uh, Galena. I think it's, you know, it's not. I get that it might not be something to super like write home about, but that little guitar intro that they have at the beginning is kind of cool. Just that really staccato kind of rhythm thing going on. Um, and I really like the layering of the vocals throughout the song. Um, when John is harmonizing with himself on different tracks and stuff like that. Um, that's not really, it's a little bit more technical in its actual like song structure than I think some of the songs that come before it. I, I like John's melody in this. Like, ready now, I've yeah. had to clean myself up, settle down. Like, yeah. I don't know, it just, it reminds me of just a very grungy alternative rock song from like the 90s. Yeah, I mean. And that's 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 just my bread and butter. I love that kind of crap. Yeah, and I mean, it's probably part of the reason why some people that I've talked to say that they're not like big fans of this song. I mean, you've probably heard this melody in every house show across the entire country at some point i mean it definitely like it sounds it sounds like uh like an indie punk band wrote it I mean, it's because not, they did <laughs> right it's not an elaborate melody it's just it's one of those it's very simple it's definitely been done before but it just sounds good it sounds appealing um exactly don't know what it is and um yeah it leads really nicely into fade um fade is fade is one of i think the unsung heroes of this album um it picks up the pace a little bit again um there's a lot of references there's references to trees which is a thing that i was when i was really trying to 
you know, write a bunch of songs. I found a lot of inspiration in different trees, which sounds really weird and dumb. But, you know, talking about being a weeping willow and stuff. That's one of my favorite lines. Um, I know you're right. It's true. I'm a weeping willow. It kind of just it. I like the flow of it. Yeah. It's an it's a cool fade fade is just a cool song. I don't think it really separates itself much from everything else on the album. Um but especially that that last like third of the song. Um the distorted vocal and stuff with the I've lost every ly- I've lost every nerve on you, plucking each one one at a time. It always eats away the, at you, steady on your troubled mind. And the gang vocals? Yeah. That's yeah. It's, that was like the end of the era of gang vocals. I yeah. think like it was like towards the end of that. Yeah, and this kind of seems this one flirts with that like pop punk getting out of my hometown kind of thing without ever you know talking about your hometown, which is kind of cool. They twist that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we were this was like the beginning of that era of like got to get out of my hometown. My hometown sucks. Like, yeah, I love this town, but I hate this town. Like, I mean, yeah. we'll go through it like later on with the Wonder Years because there's definitely many counts of about a hometown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's everywhere, especially in that generation of pop punk. But it's a. Uh, no, they've got a they've got a cool little twist on it, so they get a pass on that uh, on that cliche. I think um, that leads us into progress, progress, um, which is I think probably my least favorite song on the album. Yeah, it's it starts in a really cool like high energy place with a let's jump out a window, maybe we could fly. Yeah, we talked about it a lot, but we never tried. Um, but yeah, it just this is this is one of the songs where it's like filler seems a little bit too mean um yeah that that seems a little bit mean i like the the fade out at the beginning um like with the distortion it like feels astro like gives like um gives like a shoegaze vibe Mm. um shoegazy vibe that kind of leads it kind of gives a hint and clues of like what would be coming up next yeah i was gonna say it definitely telegraphs what the next album is gonna be like but yeah it's you know progress progress is there every band's got at least one of those um but it does lead into one of the more interesting songs here um which i think is really one of their better lyrical songs but also the the clean guitar parts on it um the bass tone is filthy it's like this is more to me is a very very well constructed song top to bottom right um and i mean it you know he they hit heavy right from the beginning uh lyrically i love the i'm a wounded man on top of trees gazing at the world below my feet fickle feelings find a way to me like hard winds blowing when we're lost at sea like that's (laughs) just beautiful yeah. Keep it inside and swallow whatever it is that keeps you warm. It's a, uh, again, the references to trees, but just, again, another song, it's five minutes long, but it builds really well. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't ever feel like super repetitive. It's just, it's also really dynamic because you get that, like, you get all of these verse melodies that are kind of weaving into each other. And then you get this big, huge, massive chorus. Right. I mean, I think you you still get the references to like nature and everything like that. I mean, they then go on to do that a lot in their future career, uh, re- for referencing a lot with nature. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look at this album cover and it's what looks to be a woman in a black dress with like a sun painted on her like as her face and then a nice green background and then all the other artwork that came along with it was you know different human bodies that had you know 
flowers growing out or there's one of a guy in a suit with angel wings who has the moon for a head who's carrying clearly the body of the woman in the black dress from the album art like there's um god i hate this word but there is like a very clear aesthetic for this entire album but it doesn't feel forced i think everything is well-intentioned but it's not they're not shoving it down your throat um and honestly i i think a lot of the reasons why people pick up this album today is because that album art i think album art is crucial in whether someone will actually listen to a song or not i mean there's been many times i go to a record store and i'll pick up a vinyl and i'm like this looks cool i'll buy it yeah doesn't mean doesn't mean i'll i'll necessarily like it but i'm like this looks cool yeah let me 10 bucks what do i got to lose and i mean yeah i mean there's just there's just not enough to say about this album came at like the perfect time i think in 2011 end of high school beginning of college like this was this is one of those albums that's like the soundtrack of that period of my life it's unreal good um yeah but more to me more to me goes into another one uh, another one of the big you know tumblr songs for this album but one that holds up i think a lot better than most other songs from that generation um echo uh the slowest song the spaciest song the most shoegazy almost song on the album yes um and definitely the saddest (laughs) i mean it it has that sort of feel to it it is a uh it is definitely it's it's an ode to depression for sure i mean even if they didn't have like the depressed lyrics like rain came down since the day we got home for days and days it poured into streams even without something like that the way that the instruments are composed it still has that feeling of depression and anxiety yeah and there's there's a um you can hear right from the beginning there's some sort of a loop that's going on in the background and i think it's just one note or maybe two notes on like a very it sounds like almost like a really noisy guitar amplifier where they just took a sample of that and they cut it to loop in time with the rest of the song um but again a great a great choice of like clean guitar tones all over it um that really kind of curious to see how that's played live yeah i don't think i ever i don't think they ever played it live when i saw i mean it might be a little too hard i mean sometimes getting that looper pedal the right way that's tough absolutely um Um, but yeah i mean this is this is that song that you play on when you're having when you're having a bad day or when it's just like raining out and you're just looking out at the the out the window and you're just you're feeling yourself you're you're in your bed under a uh, bunch of blankets just scrolling through like tiktoks and there's your uh there's your weekly insight into dan mayotte's life on occasion (laughs) <laughs> hey man you have some of those days sometimes you have to have some of those days absolutely Just curl up and yeah. forget it um echo leads into one of the heaviest songs on the album patience um this one is it's it's really cool um because there's kind of a there's kind of a juxtaposition going on between this almost like post-hardcore kind of leaning sound that in the second verse becomes 
like very beat driven and it's one of the songs right. that i point to where it's just like yeah the hip-hop and the hip-hop and pop influences for this band are always on display because you get this straightforward big screamy verse that goes into the chorus that then becomes all about the drum beat and john like backs off on the vocals a little bit gets a little bit more melodic instead of shouty and they're all yeah. very talented musicians i mean oh for sure um i forget the drummer's name it's escaping Beave. me right now. He went by, Who? I forget his name, but he went by Beave, like Beaver. Oh, word. But he is, I think he's one of the best drummers to come from that scene and era. Um, I don't even think technically not- he's one of the best. I just think that the parts that he wrote were effective yeah. so well. I mean, it's not the same, like, I'm trying to think of like a drummer. It's not the same, like, um, like bass, like tom cymbal snare like kick drum kind of thing Um, yeah exactly he's not flashy not a flashy drummer um he's not like a j not j mass um joe longabardi from defeat look yeah like that guy is a flashy drummer um boy boy Boy, howdy boy howdy (laughs) like that guy i mean he wrote a whole song with drums and then everyone wrote around that drum beat god yeah that song is incredible we should get to defeat her at some point yeah of course um but that's a that's another band for a different day indeed um yeah no this is this is definitely a uh this is one of the highlights for the album um and that's i think at the beginning of this you said you know this can be kind of a top heavy album uh these last two songs really kind of sealed the deal though and you know there's nothing egregious between you know between the beginning and the end here um which is part of the reason why you can make it kind of all the way through but yeah this this song and the next one defeat the low really kind of sealed the deal in making this a great album i think um i mean this is i'd say the last two songs echo and patient um they're more they're like the type of songs music musicians love yeah they're not like they're not like they're they're song they're musician songs for musicians like the beginning songs like the easy to digest like to sing along with like i tore your pot in hands and stone hands and void very easy to they're they're the fan songs for sure and i think for a lot of people i mean i i never really got into this band i like songs here and there by balanced composure but that's probably why i said it yeah um and i stand by that for sure so yeah uh track number 12 defeat the low um mid-tempo song closes it out in a way that's um kind of similar to the song structures that i was talking about earlier where this band does a really great job of like building up to a crescendo at the end of a song this is the crescendo Mm -hmm. at the end of the album um where you do kind of get the sense that everything was building up to that last part where everybody just lays into their instruments they're just playing essentially four on the floor the entire time uh while john keeps repeating you know defeat the low and yeah yeah it's i i think it's a really fitting end to this album it it feels like one of those bittersweet songs um like remember the feeling of like graduating high school or doing any kind of long complicated accomplishment through life and you get to the very end of it and you're celebrating it and it's just like wow that's kind of bittersweet that's kind of how i feel about the end especially with like the gang vocals and how it's kind of structured yeah especially with like the mid-tempo to tempo too that probably does help with that as well yeah it's one of those i can i i completely agree with you on that that especially um 
you know, that, that feeling of, you know, reaching the accomplishment of graduating is a perfect example. Um, but you know, you reach that accomplishment, but there's always a point during the celebration where it kind of hits you like, Oh, okay. What's next though. Right. <laughs> like, what and that's kind this? of, that's kind of how I interpret this last song. Um, because it's like, okay, we had all these crazy highs with, um, I tore you apart my head. And then all we, we had all these crazy lows, um, where we kind of chilled out with like stone hands and it's kind of a it's like you know what like yeah i feel still feel those way that way but um it's going to be okay and it kind of it's bittersweet yeah exactly and it's bittersweet that we're at the end of the album yes um yeah i i think the album i think the album as a whole still holds up uh this is still one of those one of those bands that I know I'm going to be listening to regularly for the rest of my life. You know, they, they've got good stuff that came before this. I think a lot of people consider this kind of their high watermark. Um, but I still think the world of the two albums that came after this too. So they just had, they, these guys had a really good career and a really interesting, um, just a really interesting catalog. So rest in peace, balance and composure, but also happy 10 year anniversary at some point. It might've already passed, yeah. uh, cause it came out in 2011 and can you yeah, believe when... it's been 10 years yeah right i don't know when this album came out yeah I don't... or what what like day or whatever what month yeah it's i can't find it maybe on the band camp oh Probably may 10th may camp. 10th came out in may 10th right, so of 2011 so we're a little we're ahead coming of the up curve. on that yeah happy early birthday happy early birthday separation you're almost a decade old oh and also for all my bostonians out there happy patriots day happy can't believe we didn't patriots day. can't believe we didn't lead the show with that yeah we're uh nobody ever said that we were the best at our jobs yeah that's that we, do what, we yeah. do what we can yeah we're two geriatric who kind of just bs our way through life and you what what's gonna happen when you and i are actually geriatrics <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's gonna happen when we're old men sitting in the nursing home subjecting people to the same thing <laughs> oh yeah edelman he's <laughs> He was the best Patriots of all time. He's better than that wide receiver we have now. Oh, shut up, Dan. Shut up, AJ. <laughs> you weren't even alive for Edelman. <laughs> the if squirrel. You, if you had seen Tom Brady in his prime, oh. We get it. You like, you're, you're from New England. We get it. We get it. Maybe I am already a geriatric. Damn. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I am, maybe I am an old man at heart already guys we've peaked we've yeah we've we've peaked it's all downhill from here all right all right well is there anything um, else that you wanted to touch on um let me give my final thoughts on separation um yes. my thoughts are it's when you're talking about underground music and i keep saying this era this era this era but like i mean that's the only way i can describe it I think this is one of the quintessential albums from it, as well as I think it's one of the most important albums that has been released from No Sleep. Um, like, there was a time back 10 years ago, like, this was... Bless you. Thank you. Bless you. Um, no Sleep was one of the best record labels in that kind of like scene and yeah. had that kind of influence. And I mean, for a brief minute, there was like that <laughs> fake rivalry online about like, who do you like more, No Sleep or Run oh. for Cover? Run for Cover won that one. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, For they were both sure. signing. They were both signing the same type of bands, though, and they were neck and neck for a while. Yeah, but yeah, um, I still think some of it is a little too top heavy for me. There are some songs I would skip. Um, not my favorite record by them, but I think still holds up as a whole. Definitely, it is a. Uh... I do think it's a little bit of a product of its time. I think if it was released right now, it probably wouldn't be. Uh, it probably wouldn't be heralded the way that it was. But also, we don't really have yeah. like a. I mean, we don't really have a Tumblr replacement. We don't have a place where people are like exclusively dealing in independent music the way that they were on that website for a while. So right. I feel like this would probably be buried in the current media landscape. But they, I, I think, mean, this band benefited from that time i mean if we're talking about a kid today um discovering new music and wants to listen to this type of music i would say this is they're not like the same way that we talk about like the wonder years or all-time low or take it back sunday those are kind of the gateway bands i would say this is far far down the list of like the bands that like a kid today would check out yeah this this is i think barring some sort of crazy reunion or something like that um yeah this is one of those bands for like the lifers you know like this is like a kid Which 20 years fine. from now yeah I, I i appreciate that but i feel like this is going to be one of those bands that like another 10 15 years from now um you know a kid's going to discover yeah something like something like a taking back sunday or maybe even like a title fight or something like that and then discover this whole era of music and you know there's going to be a a like a cult following kind of deal like a a small but very vocal group that's yeah. going to know about this album and is going to carry the torch for it and for the band as a whole i think for sure and then i will look at them in the nursing home and be like oh if you could have been there if you could have been there when it was actually happening. Oh my god. Alright, that is Separation by Bounce Composure. Check it out, listen to it on Spotify or Apple Music or YouTube, and um, give us your thoughts and opinions on Instagram or Twitter. We'd love to hear what you think of the album as a whole. At Packy Run Pod. Yes. Um, um, we're wrapping up, and this is when we get into our wrecks. Indeed. Or recommendations. Do you have one ready? Dude, I had a bunch that I, I I thought of and now I was like, oh I was like last week I was like, oh I have a bunch. I could do this one, I could do that one. But um I have one. They'll probably come to me later on. Um it's a YouTube channel and it is called That Good That's Good Sports. And it's with a guy named Brandon Perna. Huge Broncos fan. If you're into football, um he just covers like like football news and I think he's hilarious. Um just with some of the jokes that he makes and his commentary. Uh so check out That's Good Sports. I think he gives like good insight and kind of is off the beating path of the regular sports pundits that you could be watching. We'll have to check him out. My uh my recommendation this week is actually another anniversary album. Um it turned 3 years old yesterday or 2 days ago. Uh the album oh, I know Void what you're talking about. Yep. The album Void Ripper by Animal Flag, a Boston band that was 
actually kind of really similar to Balance and Composure in some ways. Um, it was their third and final album. It came out on Triple Crown Records. Uh, I'm sad that they're not really a band anymore. Or Matt, their vocalist, kind of turned it into a solo project again, which is what it was when it started. It's a whole right. complicated kind of deal with that band, but all of their musical output is ridiculously good. Um, and when Triple Crown posted that it was the third anniversary of that album coming out, I took it for a spin um, on my way to and from work that day. And let me tell you, that band is something else, man. They are they are still so good. And getting to see them play live was a real treat every time I got to every time I got to see it. Yeah, they were always super good. I remember we saw them at one of the house venues down in West Haven, um, Crunch House. And we were like one of three people like singing along like uh I had I had that exact same experience um a week or two weeks after I moved to Nashville. Uh Animal Flag did a pretty decently sized East Coast tour uh with our yeah. friends in Cheem, another uh Connecticut band, and I got to hang out with all those guys for pretty much the entire night and yeah there were like there were three or four of us during animal flag set that were sitting there and singing every single word and yeah. matt matt started laughing at me during um what's the song where he does the really like high notes during sensation. the transition yeah during sensation i was singing like the falsetto notes and he heard yeah. me which is ridiculous because that's one of the absolute loudest bands i've ever seen or heard play live um and yeah matt they're started so- matt started laughing because he could hear me do it <laughs> they're so loud they hand out earplugs to their like the people in the crowd they're like you're gonna need them yep um <laughs> uh one of the my favorite parts of that band is uh zach weeks who is like the um like the bassist He's also a pretty good sound engineer in the Boston area. Um, if you're ever looking to do music, I know that he does a bunch of sound stuff. He works at he God has, uh, City Studios with, um, I think it's Kurt Ballou from Converge. I think that's, that's his space. You know what? That I, that checks out. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah. Um, but he has the aluminum neck on his, on his base. base. And, and I, the number of times in my life where I've been so close to dropping like $1,500 on basically an aluminum stick to bolt onto one of my guitars <laughs> because of him. But the note always sustains, though. That's the thing. That's like oh the God. science behind it. It just goes on forever. Yeah, it's crazy. I uh, love it. Love that band. All right. Well, that brings us to the end to a uh, an anniversary episode of Pack Your Own Podcast. Yes. Happy to have spent this time with you, Dan. And, yes, uh, happy to. Hopefully all you guys enjoy it. If you do like it, like the... Like the thing on your podcast app, subscribe to us, tell your friends about us, post about us on social media. Uh, let's see if we can keep this thing rolling for another year. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, we are at Packy Run Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, check us out there, comment, send us messages, and... Um, send us memes. Yeah, send us memes. Um, as you could tell earlier in the show, we love good memes. Life is all about the memes. If we don't have memes, we have nothing. Yes. Our society was built on memes. (laughs) Hieroglyphics were memes. (laughs) It's a scientific fact. The vaccine is a meme. That's why you need to get it. Yes. Everything is about memes. Yes. All right. Anyways, I think that's (laughs) enough of us gabbing for this week. Um, Talk to you guys soon. Catch you guys next week. Bye-bye.